Good morning, fam. Thank you for tuning in to the Yanagita Podcast Show, where on today's episode, we'll be talking about fitness, athletics, and recovery. I'm your host, Justin Yanagita, with co-host today, Yanagita Fitness's Director of Operations, Alan Kalaiva'a. And today's Hello. episode, we have a special guest, Alika Asing, who is Kamehameha School's Maui head athletic trainer and former colleague and friend, Alika, welcome to the show. Woo. Mahalo. Thank yeah. you for having me, man. Alika, man, we have so much questions from former, uh, former athletes and people in our community. And, you know, one of the first things I want to ask is, what is your background? And what is the background to your uh, education and to the genius of Alika? Oh, I don't know about genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you want me to go all the way to... Lihikai school times? Hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> school. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, graduated from Baldwin and then went to UH Manoa. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I actually mm. changed majors three times. Mm. Um, but found this athletic training uh, direction. It was mm. a six-year program. And back then it was a internship program mm -hmm. but we took all these medical school classes you know anatomy physiology and uh, it was very competitive and we needed to in order to graduate you needed to or sit for the test mm -hmm. to become an athletic trainer you needed 1600 hours of internship which wow. is quite a bit that is 1600. Um, yeah went through some up and downs and landed in a clinic Physical therapy clinic. Where was this at? The clinic. Uh, started with uh, Aloha Physical Therapy. Got it. And I worked in a clinic for. Uh, man, I'm gonna date myself. <laughs> Let's do it. I just worked in a clinic for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did one year at St. Anthony High School. Mm-hmm. And then got hired at Kamehameha Schools back in 2002. Two. So wow. our first oh, freshman two. class, that was my first year. Dang. <laughs> 18 yeah. years at Kamehameha. Hey. <laughs> wow. What a history. And, you know, I remember some of our conversations, Alika, and I wanted to share um, with the audience that with youth sports being competitive as ever, uh, as ever, and most people are going year-round schedule between sport to sport, uh, have you personally seen more overuse injuries at the high school level yet? And uh, if so, what advice do you have to prevent injuries? Actually, I've seen... Um... Yeah, I've seen an increase in injuries, overuse injuries, mainly for the baseball kids, you know, mm. our baseball athletes. Baseball. And actually, since I deal with our middle school kids, mm -hmm. I've been seeing our middle school baseball players having some elbow and shoulder issues as well. Mm. Um, there was a great book by Dr. James Andrews. Dr. Is, James Andrews. Yeah, he's an mm -hmm. orthopedic surgeon. And he works with all these professionals. And he came out with a book based on overuse, you know, overuse injuries at 
I think it was ages from seven years old, you know, kids just parents thinking that their kid is going to be the next Shane Victorino or mm. professional athlete. So they, they put them into one system and that's all they do all year round. Mm. And I, I think the biggest advice, you know, coming from him also was you need to let the kids rest, mm. you know, take two months off. Um, I like that advice, but I, I think from my view, because I like to stay active all year round, I like my kids to stay active. Mm -hmm. And even at the high school, I encourage our athletes to, you know, seek different sports. You know, mm. high school where you can kind of test out the waters and see what's exciting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had some state champion wrestlers come out of that system, you know? Mm. Uh, state yeah. champion wrestlers yeah dang it's like cross training basically right yeah cross training you know you're not overusing one body part all the time wow and you know with that being said like it's so interesting because i'm sure in your experience like over the last <laughs> the, the period you started from the workouts have probably <laughs> massively evolved from you know from the time we got the education to the current. And how important is it to continually educate and stay on top of things in, in the athletic training industry? Oh man, it's, you know, it, it evolves so quickly mm. that, yeah, you need to keep updated. And, and luckily for our profession, mm -hmm. they make us um, take continuing education courses so every two years we need to submit, you know, 50 CEUs, which sometimes you say, oh man, why do I have to take this class? Why do I have to do this? But, you know, there's so much interest out there. You can hit up nutrition, you can hit up exercises, you can hit up concussions and, you know, mm. all these advances in medicine. And, and then you can experiment on the high school kids. So mm -hmm. I like that. See, and that's exactly, Alika. I love that. And what are some of like the, speaking of concussions, what are some of the protocols that have been used in the past and might still be used today, but what are some of the protocols that maybe evolved over the years for concussions? Man, concussion. That's from Jenna, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to go into the full details on the protocol. Yeah. As far as the evolution of dealing with concussions, mm -hmm. you know, I came from back when a kid could come off the field looking kind of dizzy, complaining of a headache, and then you just slap their head and, hey, get back in. Well, I wouldn't oh do that. God. But I think coaches do that. And, you know, now up into this day and age, you know, it's such a serious thing that there are protocols that we follow, um, not only on the high school level, but on a national level. So, you know, anytime a kid has a symptom, say they come out complaining of a headache, that's a red flag. You know, we mm. pull them on the side and we do all these um, concussion testing. Mm -hmm. And in fact, before every season, we'll mm -hmm. do a baseline test. Baseline test. And it's a computerized testing that, you know, say, 
later on during the season they have a concussion, we can go back to their baseline and kind of compare and see where they're at. Mm. Oh my gosh, that just reminds me of we had an athlete for water polo uh, when I was coaching up there with you folks, and we had an athlete that just could not pass the concussion test for like two months. Like she kept retaking it and retaking it, and she could not pass. Yeah. Eventually, she did, but I mean, it was to protect her, absolutely. But I just, yeah. just the and whole process know, just reminds me of that. <laughs> Yes, and it's just one of the tools that is available for us that we can sort of say, okay, it's safe or unsafe. But I've had athletes who couldn't pass it for two months. Yeah, because there's lots of different steps involved. Yeah, not just here's one thing and then go, right? There's multiple parts to it. Yeah. So, you know, there's the uh, that testing, computerized testing. And then there's, you know, obviously they need to get cleared by a doctor if it is a concussion. And then there's a return to play policy that, you know, it's taken in steps and it could take, you know, from seven days to maybe a month. And it's basically kind of progressing them through exercises and see if they have symptoms. Makes sense, makes sense. So yeah, it evolved from I'll take an aspirin, get back in the game to maybe a couple months out. Wow. And, and see, and that's the really cool evolution about this whole process. And, you know, another question that Jenna had was the debate of icing or not icing. And she was talking about like different articles and inflammation and healing. And we're curious, uh, what are your thoughts on the icing or not <laughs> icing and debate, Alika? Uh, should I put disclaimers out there? <laughs> but, you know, when I first started, everything was ice, um, no matter what. If it was a chronic injury, meaning it was around for months, you'd still ice it. Um, and Jenna's right. There's been numerous articles stating, you know, the good and bad about icing. Mm -hmm. For me... I like to use ice in the acute stage. Acute mm -hmm. meaning, you know, when they first get hurt. Mm -hmm. um, if they're still swelling. Uh, yes, the inflammatory process is important. But if you get too much of that, then it can be detrimental to recovery. So if you're getting too much swelling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then pain. So we use ice. We still use ice quite a bit, you know, in the form of, ice compression sleeves all the way to whirlpools to the basic ice packs. Mm -hmm. But I would say I'm not as icing as much as before, mm -hmm. especially for the real chronic injuries that, you know, athletes just say, oh, I need ice. Well, mm -hmm. why do you need ice? Let's right. dig deep and say, what's the underlying reason? See, there we go. I like that answer. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of recovery too, like what is the mindset or how do you motivate the injured athletes to get back in the game? And what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen? <laughs> you know, um, so I can speak of from the college experience all the way to the, the even middle school experience with those athletes. You know, at the collegiate level, 
these athletes want to play because maybe their scholarship is riding on their game time or, you know, maybe they want the TV time. Mm. But as you get younger, you know, even a high school age, some kids just want to play the sport because they want to interact with their friends, you know. So in the high school level, I find it, you know, it's challenging. You know, sometimes you can see an athlete, they're not really hurt. Maybe they don't want to practice, but they want to play games. So it's, it's really a matter of um, figuring it out and kind of motivating them and say, hey, you know, your injury is not that bad. You know, why don't we try this? Mm. You know, so, yeah, motivating is a big part, especially, yeah, with the high school kids. Dang. And then what, what do you like to do? Because you're like, ever since I met you, Alika, you've been like positive. You're like, Justin, and there is always so much positivity. And is it through like talking to them, uh, connecting with them or finding something or what is something like that you like to do? I'm digging deeper because this is Jenna's one too. <laughs> oh, I, I think a lot of it is just based on experience, you know? Mm -hmm and seeing what worked in the past. Mm. Um, for me, like say, I'll give you an example for, mm -hmm. for football. After a, yes. we have a Friday night football game, the next day, Saturday, we'll have, you know, coach will have practice. And usually it's uh, weight training or flush that lactic acid out. Well, you have a bunch of kids come in and say, I can't, I can't even move. I can't even walk. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, you walk to the training room. How can you not, you know? So a lot of times they're sore, but I tell them, get on the bike. You don't have to lift. Maybe get on the bike for 20 minutes just to flush things out. And then, you know, a lot of times, I want to say 90% of the time, the kids will come out and say, oh, coach, I feel better. Like, yeah, you, you know, you, you're flushing things out and, so a lot of it is educating. Mm, I like that. Educating. Educating them. Man, see, that's why I love you, man. And so Alan got some questions too. Yeah. So um, I talked to some of our past athletes from like swimming and water polo. So Quinn has the question, um, do you have any tips of how to stay shape in college? Because a lot of them are in college now. Uh, when I first started coaching. So they're all in college and they're like, uh, so how do I stay in shape now? Yeah. Oh, Quinn. Goodness, Quinn. <laughs> I got a shout out for uh, Colorado State University since my daughter goes there now. <laughs> oh, nice. But, um, you know, I think having a goal, you know, having a goal to what do you want to accomplish? Like, is it sports oriented? You know, maybe you want to, for Quinn, maybe she wants to decrease the time in the, her times in the pool, her lap times, you know, having a goal usually will motivate you to do something. So, you know, maybe playing intramural sports, you know, it's a perfect time to go play that ultimate frisbee there. Um, Colorado State have a beautiful rec center. You know, they have a climbing wall there. They have a, a lazy pool that I saw. 
They have this oh. gym. I mean, it's it's amazing. So, you know, finding things that will excite you will usually motivate you to, you know, and finding a friend. Find a friend that have the similar goals. You know, don't find the friend that just wants to hang out and go work out in gym. You know, have someone who's positive and say, I want to work out. So my daughter goes to Colorado State and she loves her rec. Miley, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was using the rec center because she was so homesick. And that was a way to, you know, kind of clear the mind and get back to something that, you know, she's used to doing. So that helped quite a bit. And then healthy eating, you know, um, that, that usually helps. <laughs> Not just binge eating lots and lots of fries and pizza. Yeah, because they all worry <laughs> they worried about that what freshman fifteen. <laughs> I think the guys would love the freshman fifteen. They they want to gain bulk. You know? <laughs> I remember in college the uh, the climbing wall was something that was super fun. So when you said the climbing wall too at Colorado, it's like ooh, you should try that out. Yeah, see, I, I mean that a lot just experimenting with things. And then they got self-defense classes. That, oh, that'd be cool. You know, those things might trigger something, you know, might motivate you. And that's, I think that's what's important. Yeah, and having a buddy, like, yeah. Having more yeah. workout buddy, it definitely helps. Yeah. Okay, um, this next question is from Nikki. Uh, she's asked, uh, how is mental health affected by or related to diet and exercise? Oof. Yeah, heavy, heavy. That is heavy. You know, mental health is a big issue now. Um, I think a correlation is really, you know, should I share an experience? Yeah, let's do it. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I guess a lot of this talk is about how I perceive things and how I, I went through it. But, you know, I dealt with uh, anxiety issues. You know, believe it or not, I had, um, when my kids, were, when my daughter was born, maybe that triggered something, but I was diagnosed of having uh, panic attacks. Mm. So I'd be in traffic and going, okay, how do I get out of this? You know, I, I literally shut down and panic. And I went online and did some surveys and go, oh, I think I got this. Went to the doctor and said, oh, you got some anxiety issues. And, you know, they medicated me. I, I really didn't like that. So I did some research and said they, they found that exercise is a vital, plays a vital role in, in the recovery process. So, you know, I started paddling canoe, um, doing a lot of mountain biking. The mountain biking really helped me because I was out in the, you know, nature and just absorbing these, these beautiful things that, you know, just was positive. And then the diet, diet really helps. You know, a lot of the mental issues is, is how you see yourself. So if you can stay positive, you know, if you can exercise and eat healthy, you feel good about yourself and then you can project it to other people. I think that's, you know, that's where it, it helps you to heal. No, oh, it helped me. <laughs> Dang, right there. <laughs> So speaking of like happiness, you know, and doing things that you love to do, I know you mentioned some of the things, but like, 
what are some things that bring you the most joy and happiness to, to your life? It doesn't Ooh. necessarily have to be with your career. It could be with anything. Wow, you guys are going deep, huh? Ooh, we're going all <laughs> in. Love it. Um, well, first and foremost, you know, I got to give it up to the Lord. You know, I, I came real close to the Lord when my dad was diagnosed with cancer. So, you know, the past two years, I read the scriptures and, and gives me this spiritual well-being and, man, I feel good. And then, you know, I, I got a shout out to my wife because she gave me these two beautiful kids. Not beautiful all the time, but hey, <laughs> love the challenge. Um, I, I think, yeah, just waking up and being able to show some positive, whether to my kids or my athletes, you know, even my dog, you know. <laughs> mm, what kind of dog? Uh, she's a Ridgeback. Oh, dogs are man's best friend or people's best friend in general. Yeah, they don't grumble. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're out know. for my 10 minutes. Used to talk, my dog used to talk back to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just remember in, uh, in high school and even when I became a coach later on, you were always someone that would just like exude this like positivity no matter when I saw you, like, well, I didn't go to the field very often, but, you know, near the pool and that's like in the athletic training room and the weight room around campus, wherever it was, you were always somebody that was, and it sounds kind of corny, but it's like, you're this like ray of like sunshine <laughs> or this like beam of light. <laughs> oh, thanks. That it, was, it was great having <laughs> conversations with you. Yeah. You know, it's just awesome to, just talk to people, talk to students, and just kind of dig deep on an emotional level and see how they're doing. You know, it. yeah, it's nice to be friendly and just say hi. But I find that if you make it more personal level, then there's more of a buy-in. Like with our coaches, you know, you kind of talk to them and not not just talk X's and O's and say, hey, so, you know, what's your hobby? What, what do you love doing? And, and just getting to know them. Now that's that's what life is all about. You know, I, I tell my um, my daughter when she, well, I don't want to get emotional, but when she's her first uh, month away from home, and I told her, you know, she'd be crying, you know, I want to go home. I, I don't know if I can do this. Did I make the right decision? I'm so far away. I say, sweetheart, enjoy the journey. You're going to enjoy it when it's bad. Enjoy it when it's good, but you need to enjoy all these steps because you're going to look back and even those negative steps will make, make everything positive. So no matter what, what it is, just enjoy the journey. Wow. Great advice. Great advice. Yeah. Dang. You know, and speaking about that, Alika, like, I mean, our audience is probably curious, um, how do you stay so positive? I know you shared a little bit about some of the things you've overcame and you've done and trial and your journey. Is there something that you do on a daily or weekly basis, whether it's like a family thing or a spiritual thing or physical or mental, or what is something that you do to stay positive and excited with this energy consistently? Cause just like what Alan was saying, 
I mean, for as long as for for the, for the time I was at Camille Middle School, you were that person. Like, oh, hey, Josh, you know, how's everything going? I was like, oh, this guy is really happy to see me. Like, dang. So, yeah, what what do you do to stay positive and motivated yourself? Well, you know, coming from you, you were you were that light of energy that always you know strive for greatness. So you rubbed off on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but for my you know my daily thing is you know i just wake up be glad you know spiritually motivated by by god and um you know you look outside and like wow you know it's a beautiful day and not just thinking of what i gotta do work-wise mm -hmm. um go exercise i do mm -hmm. a lot of road cycling now so road cycling That's yeah right. You have a favorite route you like to go? Maybe um, we can catch you one day. <laughs> <laughs> I love going to Ulupalakua. Ulupalakua. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it's about just under a two-hour ride and about 28 miles and just beautiful. Mm. I, I think being outdoors is just spiritually, you know, invigorating. You just look out, you can see South Maui and you're like, wow, look at the ocean. You know, sometimes go surfing. You know, sometimes it, it's all about, you know, I wake up and go, oh, man, do I really want to bike ride today? I know that was a plan. Maybe I shouldn't. You know, I don't feel good. But I just kick it in a gear and say, okay, I'm going <laughs> to go maybe for 20 minutes. And I end up doing the whole route. And that's all you need sometimes. It's just a little push. Like that. Oh. Um, well, well, I guess kind of switching topics, sort of. Um, I guess I was wondering, what is your top recovery or like rehab advice? Just for like anybody, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a high school athlete, but like just regular people like us. I think um, keeping active. You know, mm -hmm. you know there there will be days when you're in the gym working out. The next day you come back, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm sore. I can't do this. But if you push through it just a little bit, you know, just get that that mindset that I'll do a little bit of this, and you'll be amazed that you're gonna finish the workout, or you're gonna you're gonna be able to do things that you doubted in the morning. You know, I, I think just being active is probably the biggest thing, um, even doing say a yoga or a stretching session mm -hmm. might just bring you up and say, okay, I can do this, you know? <laughs> and then for my like prehab, I would say like for surgeries, like for kids that were gonna have surgeries, we would really get them as strong as possible and educate them that hey, your outcome from surgery is going to be based on how much you put in it before. And when they get that mindset that, okay, I got to put in the work now, so the work later is not as hard, you know, they, once they buy into that, then you see a, a lot of results. Good advice. Yeah, just staying active. Yeah. I know. So when, when people come 
you know, work out with us and it's the first time working out for like years sometimes. And after that first workout, the day after they're like, oh my gosh, I am so sore. <laughs> they're like, no, yeah, we totally understand. But, you know, just like you were saying, come back in, um, uh, work on it again, because it's gonna, it's gonna help you later on. It might be sore now, but it won't be this sore, like, forever, right? Yeah, like so, you said, just keep active. Yeah, and it'll get better. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, they always say, you know, that cliche, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. It truly does with exercise. Just put in the work, and, and then you get better, and you see results, and Man, you get all happy. <laughs> <laughs> all the endorphins. Yes. You know, and, and speaking about that, Alika, like, what do you like best about your job? Because there's so many good things in your field. And it's just, well, we're curious. What is your favorite part about it? I know you probably enjoy a lot of parts, but what is your favorite part of your career? Geez, um, <laughs> you know, to me, this is the best job in the world because I get to you know, I love sports and I get to watch sports and being paid for it. Mm. I mean, what? what? <laughs> yeah, I may work long hours, but at the end of the day, it, it's awesome that we can impact kids and sometimes parents. You know, we educate the parents and they can get something out of us. But I think the most rewarding thing for me is having a kid get injured and you know there's phases where they're going to get depressed and they're going to say why me and you know just just doubt sometimes doubt god that you know they're doing so good and they got hurt and you see this in the collegiate the profession every realm you can see athletes getting hurt and you know they go through those cycles like why me uh, they get angry but when I can take them from the lowest of lows mm. and rehab them and, and see their journey, and when they finally get back on the field competing, mm -hmm. and it's usually at a better level than when they were, that's probably the best part. Not even, mm. I don't even need a thank you, you know. Just visualize and seeing them on the field again, that's, that's the most reward I can get. Wow. See, that's what it's all about. It's about the people. Yeah, it's all about and the people you help. So many people, Aliko. You know, I was telling you on the phone, and I want to just put this out there too, because you've helped a lot of people and a lot of people in profound ways with their not only their sports, but their thought process, mindset, how they feel, how they internalize challenges as opportunities to overcome and just a whole bunch of things when I talk to former athletes. And that's a reflection of who you are. And the next question, I was just curious, um, if you could go back in time and talk to your 18 year old self, what advice would you give yourself at 18? Okay. <laughs> um, I would probably tell myself, slow down. Mm. Slow down. Think of what you're doing, what you're impacting. Um, a lot of things that I've learned through the years is listen. Mm. You know, when I first started my profession, I thought I knew all the answers. 
And I told the kids, no, you're going to do it this way. This is how you do it. I don't want to hear it. Mm. But, you know, through, through these years, I've become flexible and, and you really got to tune into how the athlete will respond to you. And so, yeah, I would tell myself, relax a little bit, man. Mm. And listen to them on a personal level, not just you got to get this done. <laughs> I like that. Listen to them and get personal. And, you know, that goes into the question, you know, about the whole process from 18. And our audience is curious, too, Alika, like, what was what were you, what was your life at 18? I you're, you're at UH Manoa and you were going through different majors. And we have athletes right now who beat themselves up for changing majors or, you know, they get in their own head for not following through with maybe what their parent wanted them to do or something like that. And they're conflicted. What advice would you have? Because it, it took three majors and it's almost like it's okay to make mistakes or not mistakes, but different lessons. And what would you give advice to some of these college guys? in school right now. <laughs> Man, you go deep, huh? <laughs> yes, that's all we that's all we do. <laughs> um <laughs> what advice. You know my experience and mm -hmm. and a lot of times I share this with, with the kids who have a hard time with school or even focusing on rehab. Um I go straight up and I tell them, look, this is how I started. And, you know, my experience is my first semester in school, I got a 0.8 GPA. A what? A 0.8? Yeah, 0.8. No Whoa. <laughs> well, I had, uh, I forgot what I had. I had two Ds, one F, and I failed my credit, no credit class. Because, hey, you know, it's my first time away from home. Mm -hmm. I had no rules. Nobody telling me I needed to do this and that. I didn't have to go to class. Mm -hmm. I can go surfing instead. <laughs> I took advantage of all that stuff. And, you know, I learned the hard way. My GPA went down and, and uh, I was getting a scholarship from Kamehameha Schools. And they wrote me a letter saying, hey, we're going to drop you your scholarship because unless you bring your GPA up. Um, I got a warning from the college. I'm on probation. And, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to my wife because, well, back then she was my girlfriend. You know, she buckled me down and said, hey, you got to study. So my whole lifestyle changed from being with my gang every night and having fun now I was going to the library every night, revising my notes and, and just changing my whole manage, time management. Mm. So I went from computer, <laughs> get this, I thought I was going to be a computer uh, person. Computer, tech guy. Forget <laughs> <laughs> this, man. <laughs> and look at me, I'm learning how to do Zoom and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And then I went Yo. to Hawaiian studies. Mm -hmm. Hawaiian studies. Um, I enjoyed that quite a bit, you know, mm -hmm. learning about my culture. And I said, okay, I'm going to be a 
Hawaiian language teacher or, or Hawaiian studies teacher. And then I took one class, <clears throat> a sports medicine class. And believe it or not, the person that taught me this class mm -hmm. is my boss now at Kamehameha Schools. What? Yes. How's Yo, that? that is nuts. That is crazy. Wow. And that changed my, my whole education plan and said, wow, I can make a living of, out of this? Hmm. That is incredible. That's like a full circle story right there. And wow, wait, I want to just take it back because, so you said at 18, you, your, your wife, you were with your wife already. She was a girlfriend. So you were together since high school or? Um, right after our first year in college. Wow. And you were saying, you, I heard you just kind of gave her credit for helping you at that early stage. Yeah. And, you know, Aliga, and that is so crazy because people probably know this too. And it's so important that we have strong women in our life because my background too, I fell off track. My GPA was 0 0.9. I had three, three Fs and one D. I was going to be a history major. And then I decided to be a Japanese teacher and then I went into fitness too. So, and with that said too, like, yeah, my uh, uh, fiance girlfriend at the time, she whipped me into shape. She was like, what are you doing? You're partying too much. And so I, that just resonated with me and I really appreciate you sharing that, but three different uh, majors. And now she's the boss at Camille Mail School at the, she's the AD or uh, she's the head athletic trainer. She manages wow. all campuses. All um, campuses. She's been there, I think, from 1987. 1987? Yeah, so I actually did my you know, internship there, too. Wow. So she's at the Kapalama campus? Yeah. Uh, I see, I see. And she's just awesome. I mean, the knowledge she has is just, man. I just hope she don't retire soon, you know? <laughs> just great leadership. Wow. Leadership. Now that you mentioned that, what are some like things that you look for in a leader or leadership thought processes? Like, because I know you were saying that get personal, build relationships. What is something that you see the great leaders do or something that you instill in others in uh -huh. leadership? Probably a good example is I look at our coaches as being mm -hmm. leaders and how they, they project it to the kids because, mm -hmm. you know, they're teaching these kids not just about the sport, but the more important things are the life lessons that they're going to take beyond high school and, and beyond college and raise their own families. So, you know, I like the, kid, the coaches that just exemplify good leadership by by being personal with them and showing them that you know these are rules you abide mm -hmm. by rules so you know when i when i i think of a, a great coach mm. i hope he's not listening <laughs> but uh you know coach o'brien mm, shout out yeah yes, shout out o'brien yes that guy is amazing you know mm -hmm. the leadership that he has that's the quality i'd say i would want in my coaches absolutely you know not only on a personal level but but just 
the way he carries himself and, and just a positive attitude as well. Yeah. So I give him credit for uh, my growth as well because we talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember Mr. O'Brien from high school and yeah, he was somebody that the students always looked up to. And even when I ended up working at Kamehameha as a coach, he was still someone that I would look up to and, you know, seek advice from. And not just advice as a coach, but advice in life. And yes. he's, yeah, he's you amazing. Know, tell you a story. Every, um, when he was coaching our football team, every Friday, well, if there was a Saturday game, every Friday, he would gather the kids up on the far end of our football field. They would all sit down on the ground and he would share just life lessons and, and the importance of, you know, family and God and, and just, you know, his spiritual well-being. I just, you know, it was for the kids, but whenever he would do that, I would run across the field and I just wanted to get some, some knowledge and some, you know, some love from that man. <laughs> oh, man. O'Brien. That guy's a legend, too. We got to get him on the show. We got to get him on the show. Yeah. And last few questions, Alika. And um, Alan, you want to fire away a question? Um, someone was asking, uh, Tony Rojas, you wanted to know what's a muscle really? And why is it important to have? Like, oh, my God. I mean, I don't I know, like, Ooh, this is a cool question. Wow. Um, I, I'm not really good at the physiology of it, but <laughs> I guess you could break it down as these um, fibers and contractile units coming together in sarcomores and the monofilaments going bam. And, and then how my, my uh, anatomy teacher would say, you know, look at the pop-up of the muscle, you know, hey. and, this <laughs> and never forget that. But, you know, aside from all the chemical and the, the physiological aspect of what a muscle is, um, I think the importance of having a muscle is basically our movement. You know, we can accomplish things that if you look at a robot, and scientists can make it move in whatever directions they want. It's all choppy, you know? But mm. it amazes me how, how you, look at this, you get this synchronized functioning of your joints and, and the way we can move, it's just amazing from our eyes, you know, everything's dialing in, your muscles are focusing on things, I mean, that's just amazing. And also the muscles, they protect your joints. You know, they help stabilize your surrounding joints. But yeah, it's amazing how our creator, I don't know, man, it's just, how do you replicate a muscle, huh? Mm. And that's awesome because like what you were saying too, and there's so much misconception about like muscles being blocky or anything like that. And it's so vital for the joints. So that's a great question. And, yeah. you know, with that said, Alika, where can I audience find you? If they want to ask more questions, if they want to reach out, where can they find you? Um, I don't have an Instagram. 
Jeez. Do you want to give them my email, my school email? Sure. I mean, I, I yeah, can. We'll put the uh, email uh, in the description and where you guys can follow and reach out to Alika. Yeah, and any questions, you know, from from health to mental health, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. the mental health expert, but I share some experience. Mm -hmm. But anything, injuries, you know, if you guys got mm -hmm. injuries in, in your gym, mm -hmm. you can always reach out to me and say, hey, what do you suggest, you know? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Especially yeah, now, thank this, you. this pandemic, it's kind of, might be hard to get into a doctor, but I can give, you know, a suggestion. I wouldn't say advice. I'll just say it a suggestion. <laughs> Dang, throw those disclaimers, man. The disclaimers, I know it's crazy. <laughs> exactly. Disclaimers everywhere. Disclaimer, you know, and <laughs> with that said, Alika, one of our final questions that we'd like to ask everybody on the show is, our motto is fighting sickness with fitness. And that means a lot of different things to different people. But to you, what does fighting sickness with fitness mean? Man, when you just say that, I just hear Justin Yanagira. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear, man. Uh, you know, the stuff that you guys are doing is just amazing and, and you know, I still haven't read the book. I didn't get my hands on a copy yet. Mm, I got you. But I'm gonna get you and all uh, the uh, athletic trainers. <laughs> but yeah. the stuff you're doing is just amazing. And, and I give credit to you, Alan, and you know, your staff for helping out. And you know, I saw where you had this, uh, you know, because of the social distancing, you had everything spaced out. And I'm like, man, this guy is on it. You know, and it, it's sad to hear yesterday that 24 hour had closed down, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm thinking of all of these people who want to work out and because it's, it's so important to be physically active and you're right. You fight sickness, you know, with exercise. Mm -hmm. It was just interesting because I remember those talks where, you know, you were saying that, um, you know, don't worry. And, you know, if you need anything, we're here for you. And you were always that person, whether it was to me, another coach, another athlete, any of the teachers that was just working out just to work out. And I mean, I'm just so thankful to have, you know, to know you. And I, and, and I can't wait, I'm going to bring some books up to you guys too. And Hey, be prepared for a surprise visit. <laughs> we're going to come up there and you know, as a little thank you, because I, I wouldn't be doing this uh, if it wasn't for that time at Kamehameha School with uh, Blaine Dyson. Blaine yeah. Dyson was the guy who, you know, really kick-started this whole thing because in 2015, I barely had, you know, I was only training a, a few clients and he saw something in me. He was like, you know, you don't have exactly the bachelor degree and all of these things. And, and he said that his team is going to help me out. And I was like, Oh, team. And he had mentioned his, you guys, the athletic trainers, uh, Kevin, 
and just everybody. And I was just so nervous, 20 years old, like, oh, like, you know, this is scary. And, and just so much gratitude, you know? Um, you know, so, you would end up here without our help anyway, because, you know, your positive energy and your motivation is just, dude, you found your calling, man. That's the humility, Alika. You just turned it back on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give it to you, and then you just give it to me. I'm like, dang, man, this is a humility battle. I'm like, I'm trying to give it to you. Uh, but thank you guys for all you yeah. guys. Yeah, Olika, yeah. thank you so much for coming on and doing this um, episode with us. And is there anything else that you want to say to our audience or anything that you want our audience to take away from you from today? Um, I mentioned it earlier in the the conversation but mm -hmm. dude enjoy the journey mm. don't take tomorrow for granted because it may never come mm. so you know what do what you can today don't say i'm gonna do it tomorrow take advantage of what you got now love it. it love it enjoy the journey okay. don't take tomorrow for granted and do it today dang oliko thank you so much and to the listeners at home or in the car, thank you again for listening and for fighting sickness with fitness out. Yes.